Goats. Welcome to a special bonus episode of The Goat, Tom Brady. I'm Gary Myers, and this is bonus episode three. Tom Brady takes the long way home. Tom Brady has been to Washington many times. He's played there in the regular season, most recently last year with New England in a 33-7 victory. He was invited by First Lady Laura Bush to attend President George W. Bush's State of the Union Address in 2004. He attended many, but not all, of the Patriots' six trips to the White House to meet with the President following the Patriots' Super Bowl victories. But Brady's most important business trip to Washington, or more specifically, Landover, Maryland, comes up Saturday night when the Bucks play the Washington football team at FedEx Field in the wild card round of the playoffs. Brady hopes to return to the nation's capital in a few months for another Super Bowl White House celebration. In this third bonus episode of The GOAT, Tom Brady, I'm going to look at Tom's long playoff history and provide insight into the playoff matchup with Washington. The Bucks are red hot going into the postseason with a four-game winning streak. They finished the regular season with an 11-5 record, tying the franchise record for most victories, which was set in 2002, the year Tampa won its only Super Bowl. At the age of 43, Brady threw 40 touchdown passes, the second highest total of his 21-year career. Now he's trying to get to his 10th Super Bowl. Think about that, 10 Super Bowls. Joe Montana, Peyton Manning, and Aaron Rodgers combined have been to nine. Here's Tom. Got to keep it going. We got a big one next week. It all comes down to one game. It's now that the regular season's over, it's about, you know, uh, you know, it's one football game. Who plays well, who executes when the pressure's on. In 2007, Brady broke Peyton Manning's single-season record of 49 touchdown passes by throwing 50 in the Patriots' undefeated regular season. Manning not only took back the record in 2013, but he pushed it way out there by throwing 55 in his second season in Denver. Manning predicted Brady would break his record again. That's not gonna happen. But by throwing 40, Brady broke Manning's record of 37 touchdown passes in the first season with a new team. Brady tossed four TDs in the Bucks' 44-27 victory over Atlanta on Sunday to jump ahead of Peyton. That's kind of an obscure record, but not a bad one to own. Here's Tom again. Whatever happens, you know, for me as a quarterback is reflective of what our group does on offense. And uh, I'm just, I love playing with the guys I play with. We got a great group of receivers, great group of tight ends, very selfless, the backs have done an incredible job and the way the offensive line is playing and protecting gives any quarterback a great opportunity. So it's a team sport. Those are team, great team accomplishments and um, just proud of all the guys, what they put in this year. And uh, you know now we're moving into the playoffs and got a great opportunity ahead of us and got to go try to take advantage of it. Now the money time of the 2020 season has arrived. The Bucks are the number five seed and all likelihood will have to win three playoff games on the road to get back home to Tampa and become the first team to play the Super Bowl on their home field. Can the Bucks win three playoff games in a row? It's been done before. 
Brady knows all about it because the 2007 Giants won three postseason games on the road before beating him and the Patriots in Super Bowl 42. This season was so up and down for Brady over the first three months. Tampa went into its bye week at just 7-5. Brady played one of the worst games of his career in a home loss to the Saints on November 8th before a victory in Carolina was followed by back-to-back home losses to the Rams and Chiefs. At one stretch, Brady had misfired on 22 straight deep passes. What was wrong with Brady? And why didn't Bruce Arians adjust his deep passing game to take advantage of Brady's strength, which is throwing underneath with an occasional deep shot? He has a strong arm, but he's never had John Elway's arm. This was starting to look like a bad arranged marriage. Did the Bucs make a mistake signing him? Did Brady pick the wrong team? Even though he was surrounded by more offensive talent, that he had in his last 10 years in New England, it seemed he and Arians were a bad match. Then, it was as if a switch was flipped after the bye week. The Bucs finished the regular season with victories over the Vikings at home, the Falcons and Lions on the road, and the Falcons at home. It wasn't the toughest competition, but there was a change in Brady. He became as proficient on the deep passes as on the shallow crosses. I want to give you some of Brady's recent numbers. His last eight quarters have been in the second half in Atlanta, the first half in Detroit. He didn't play in the second half of that game with the Bucs holding a commanding lead. And then Sunday's game against the Falcons. That amounts to eight quarters, two full games. And in those eight quarters, Brady threw for 1,067 yards with 10 touchdowns and one interception, and the Bucks outscored their opponents 109 to 37. All of a sudden, Brady had no trouble executing Arians' no risk it, no biscuit deep passing game. The bye week did both Brady and Arians a lot of good, and they figured out what worked and what didn't work. Brady's arm looked refreshed. His chemistry with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, and Cameron Brait magically improved. He's always had chemistry with Gronk. The Bucks are now a dangerous playoff team. Brady has a legitimate shot at getting back to the Super Bowl and joining Manning as the only quarterbacks to win the Super Bowl with two different teams. You're listening to a special episode of The GOAT, Tom Brady. We'll be back in a moment. I spoke with Jerry Angelo, a former Bucks executive who was the general manager of the Bears when they went to the Super Bowl in 2006. I asked him to evaluate how the Bucks are playing going into the postseason. Here's Jerry. The best of Tampa is right now, and they're a very, very dangerous team because you know they have a formidable defense, even though we. Uh, has been inconsistent this year. It's still a, uh, a good defense, and they're hitting on all cylinders on offense. And the interesting um, player to me is Antonio Brown. He's starting to come around. There's a little chemistry going on between he and Brady. And when you bring in Godwin, Evans, and now 
and Antonio Brown, very, very tough on defenses. Brady not only has the most playoff experience among the NFC playoff quarterbacks this season, he laps the field in NFL history. He's 30 and 11 in the postseason. Consider that Joe Montana is next on the all-time list with 16 playoff victories, barely more than half of Brady's total. Then consider that Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, Alex Smith, Jared Goff, and Mitchell Trubisky, the other six NFC playoff quarterbacks, have a combined 31 and 30 record in the postseason. Again, combined, they have one more playoff victory than Brady has by himself. In what amounts to an extra two and a half seasons worth of games in the playoffs, Brady has 73 touchdowns and 35 interceptions. Listen, he had good teams in New England, some much better than others, and he had Bill Belichick, the greatest coach of all time. So his playoff record was naturally going to be very good. But he also carried a lot of those teams, and not counting his rookie year in 2000 when he threw just a handful of passes, or 2008 when he suffered a season-ending injury in the first game, he has missed the playoffs just once, just once, in his 19 years as a starter, and that was way back in 2002. Why has he been so good in January and February? Here's Jerry Angelo again. Obviously, his preparation is, you know, uh, probably on the same lines as a Peyton Manning. And, you know, all that that he brings intangibly to the position, and obviously his skill set, as he's showing in Tampa, is still very good. So probably the combination uh, of those two things, Gary, he's just, he's got the it factor. He's special. And usually he shows up, you know, when it's time in November, December, and going into the playoffs. If Brady makes it to the Super Bowl, it will be the first time he gets there the long way by having to win in the wild card round. In each of his nine Super Bowl appearances, the Patriots had a first round bye. He is 0 for 4 getting to the Super Bowl when he's had a play in the wild card round by winning three playoff games on the road, which is exactly what he has to do this year. The Bucks, meanwhile, have not been to the playoffs since 2007 and have not won a playoff game since Super Bowl 37 on January 26, 2003. Brady won his first Super Bowl one year earlier and then won two in a row after Tampa's victory. The Bucks are clearly better than Washington, the team they'll play Saturday night. Washington became just the third team since the 16-game schedule began in 1978 to get into the playoffs with a losing record. Washington was 7-9 and is a heartwarming story with Coach Ron Rivera undergoing treatment for cancer during the season and quarterback Alex Smith's amazing return from his broken leg two years ago, which required 17 surgeries. At one crucial juncture, he was in danger of having his leg amputated. The NFL scheduled this game for prime time on Saturday night, 
which was always the spot reserved for Brady and the Patriots in the divisional round, basically ever since the compelling and controversial snowball-tuck rule game against the Raiders in 2002. This game against Washington poses three issues for Tampa. One, the Bucks' best receiver, Mike Evans, who on Sunday became the first receiver in NFL history to begin his career with seven straight 1,000-yard seasons, hyperextended his knee in the game. Arians said there was no structural damage and very little swelling, so he's hopeful Evans can play in Washington. Evans is Brady's most accomplished and reliable target. If he can play or is limited, Antonio Brown will move from the slot to Evans' spot outside, which is what he did on Sunday after Evans was injured. Brown responded with his best game for the Bucs with 11 catches for 138 yards and two touchdowns. That was a normal game for him back in his days in Pittsburgh. Two, the weather. The temperature at kickoff is expected to be in the mid to high 20s. What did you expect? It's January in the Northeast. We know the cold weather doesn't bother Brady. He may have grown up in Northern California, but he spent five years at the University of Michigan and 20 years in New England. He can handle it. But what about his teammates? No matter where they are from originally, they are used to warm weather in Tampa, where the cold slow them down. This will be a good test because if the Bucks win this game, their next stop could be the frozen tundra in Green Bay against the Packers. And three, the Washington front four. Every player has his kryptonite, and for Brady, and for most quarterbacks for that matter, it has always been the pass rush and specifically pressure up the middle. The Washington front four is comprised of four first round draft picks. Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne in the middle, and Montez Sweat and Chase Young, the likely defensive rookie of the year, on the edge. Sweat led the Washington football team with nine sacks. Young had seven and a half. The Bucks' ability to keep them away from Brady will be the key to the game. If he has time, he will pick Washington apart. If Washington makes Brady uncomfortable in the pocket and establishes that early, this game could be trouble for Brady and the Bucks. Chase Young ran off the field in Philadelphia on Sunday night after Washington had clinched the NFC East, and a Twitter user picked up the message he was screaming for Brady. He was saying, Tom Brady, Tom Brady, I'm coming. I want Tom, I want Tom. Was that a rookie mistake? You know the saying, be careful what you wish for. Tom Brady has a history of making players pay for pregame trash talk. He is also known as one of the best trash talkers in the league, so he probably appreciated Young's brashness. But now, will he make him pay for it? Brady also has an extra bit of motivation. He's in the playoffs and Bill Belichick is not. Brady has heard his entire career that he needed Belichick to win. This is his chance to prove he can venture out on his own and win another Super Bowl without Belichick. If the Bucks win and the two lower seeds, the Rams and Bears lose, 
then Brady will face Aaron Rodgers in the divisional round at Lambeau Field. It's all about getting home for Super Bowl 55 in Tampa and then making the trip back to Washington for a visit with our new president. I'm Gary Myers, and thanks for listening to bonus episode number three of The GOAT, Tom Brady. The GOAT, Tom Brady, is the production of Diversion Podcast in association with iHeartRadio. This season is written and hosted by me, Gary Myers. Executive producers Scott Waxman and Mark Francis for Diversion Podcast and Sean Titone for iHeartRadio. Story editing by Scott Waxman with editorial direction from John Tuttle. Editing, mixing, and sound design by Mark Francis. Archival research by Brianne Murphy. Verna Fields is our technical producer, and our director of marketing and business development is Jacob Bronstein. Special thanks to Oren Rosenbaum at UTA. Find Diversion on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Diversion Pods. And let us know, what do you think of the show? Send us your questions, your comments, and even your critiques. That's Diversion Pods on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Diversion Podcasts.